children's story. So come on up, kids. else want to come up? Come on. There we go. Can't have it all girls. Okay, so I have a special story today for you guys, and I brought some of my horses to illustrate it. So we're going to put them out on the step here so that you guys can all see them. Okay, so, we have one more. (laughs) So, I have a story for you guys today about a little foal named Elmer, okay? And this probably isn't a story that happens in real life, okay? But I'm using horses to illustrate it because sometimes it's easier when you tell stories about animals rather than people, okay? So, uh, we had Elmer's mother here, and this mother belonged to a big herd, And there were herds all over where he lived. And this was the father. And he was this he was the person or he was the horse that was in that like ruled all of the herds. And he was the best father that they could ever have. He was loving and kind and he cared about every single one of them. And if he heard about anything that happened to any of the little foals or the moms, he would come running to their rescue right away and help them. So Little Elmer was born into a herd with a couple other friends for him. But when he was born, he discovered that he did not have very good legs. They did not work very well. So see, he could only lay down. And when he tried to walk, it was like a very stuttering, weak walk. He could barely walk anywhere. So his mom helped him and fetched things for him, whatever he needed. But when he was laying down, he had a lot of time. And you know what he did in his time? He watched all those little foals run around and how he couldn't run around at all. And it made him very sad, and he talked to his mother all the time. He said, Mother, he said, I can't run around like all the other little foals. I feel like the father won't notice me. I'm embarrassed to go by him. And so his mother said, Well, there's going to be a big meeting with all of the herds in a little bit, and I want you to think about something because his mother knew something that Elmer didn't. And she said, I want you guys to think all of his friends together and help Elmer discover his little talent that he can tell to the father. And they all worked together and thought about it for quite a while. And then they all went away because they couldn't think of anything. And Elmer just sat there all by himself. And you know, when he was lonely, sometimes he just wanted to sing. And he started singing as his friends were leaving and suddenly, all of them turned around and they said, Elmer, you have such a beautiful voice. Why don't you use that for the father? And all of his friends were so happy. And so on that day, they all went to the big meeting with all of the horses there and they put Elmer down next to his mother and his father was way over here. And they said, what are we going to do? You know, we want you to be able to go by the father. So they kind of took him over there with his mother and they watched him and he said, Father, I only have weak legs, and I don't know what else to bring you but my voice. And his father looked down at him with all the other horses standing around, 
And he looked at Elmer and he said something very important. He said, Elmer, I know that you would love to run and play like the other foals and I know that you would love to have other talents like them, but you know what's really special? You. And he said, you don't have to be like all of the others. You can use, even though you don't have legs, you can use your voice to bless everybody else. And he said, even though you can't run around like all the other foals, I still love you just as much. So even as the father loved him, just that's how God loves you. So even if you say, oh, my friend can do this and I can't to help God, or maybe you can't, it's hard for you to go up and speak in front of other people. You know, you can use, you can ask God to help him use your talents in order to bless others and help him and praise him, okay? You can all go back to your seats now.
Thank you, ladies. I invite you to turn in your Bibles now to our scripture reading. That is 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. What a beautiful Sabbath out there, isn't it? Who's excited for summer to start? Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Amen. Happy Sabbath. It looked like it looks like the popular aisle was to my right today. And, and for the people here, I mean, I, am I scary looking or something? Everyone's sitting all the way in the back. I don't know if you're laughing because it's true or, or what. <laughs> Happy Sabbath once again. Beautiful day to fellowship with one another. To, to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Amen? And for those that are visiting us for the first time, we'll have uh, come here for the, you know, a couple of times, welcome. We, we're glad that you can be here. Uh, I believe that after our service, there's potluck. And so if, if you want to stay, if you feel like you're, you're, you're a little hungry, uh, I think I'm going to go two hours preaching today. So no, just kidding. Um, but you are welcome to stay. We also have a baptism at 2 o'clock, uh, one of our uh, uh, young people, Kylie Esser, I think I'm pronouncing it right, she is getting baptized at uh, Cineville County Park. That is, that's in Wausau. So if you need the address, let me know. At 2 o'clock, she wants to be part of this church. And so uh, let's go ahead and support her. I, I, I'm going to... Uh, make my way to, to there too, so don't worry, I won't preach two, two hours today, all right? Um, but anyhow, 
This morning, I want to take some 30 minutes, maybe 25 minutes to speak, to speak on the subject of work your weakness. And I want you to turn around to the person to the right, to the left, if you have, and say, work your weakness. Work your weakness. And so, if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to pick it up in verse 6, all the way to 10. Chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 through 10. And if you're there, let me know by, a, a, by saying an amen. 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 By the way, just, just a quick, quick pause here. Uh, you know, the, the young people have, have been trying their hardest here, and, and they would always tell me, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. And so uh, if you can, just let them know that uh, we want them to be leaders of today and tomorrow. So uh, encourage them to keep doing what they're doing, to, to using their gifts for the Lord. Because we're going to all finish the work together, not just a few, all of us. God wants all of us to work together, pressing together forward for his advancement in his kingdom. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6, uh, I'm reading the New International Version, and it reads, If I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Verse 7, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore... In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was giving a what? A thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Verse 8, three times did he do what? Pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. For, pow- for my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Verse the verse keeps going. It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may what? Dwell in me, rest in me, so that it, so it, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Pray with me. Father in heaven. We want to learn how to work our weakness this morning. And if there is anyone here who has, been, who has come with burdens, with weaknesses, with struggles, difficulties, I pray that your Holy Spirit may meet their life at this moment and empower them to know that when we are weak, we are strong in you. So hide me behind the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a study done in 2005 by the Science Foundation, and this study uh, examined the, the thoughts of the, the human brain, and, and they concluded this two things, that 80% of the thoughts, well, actually, they also found out that on an average, 40,000 thoughts go through a human brain daily, all right? You may be thinking, well, I don't even think I can think that much, can I? 40,000 Thoughts go through a normal brain, an average, right? Uh, And and they also found that from these 40,000 thoughts, 80% of those thoughts were negative. And 90% of those thoughts were the thoughts you had thought yesterday. 
So if you're thinking negative today, yesterday you thought what? Negative. And, and it's like the human brain is a broken record. It, it, it's something that keeps thinking negatively. And, and have you experienced this? Or maybe you, that, you are that type of person that, that hears a song for the first time and is in love with this song. And next thing you do is you put that song on, on, on repeat and you hear it over and over and over and over again and to, to a certain point in where after a while you hate the song. <laughs> you don't want to hear it at all. You see, Jasmine has this, this thing that she, she does exactly that. She, 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 and then she comes to a point where she says, oh, I, I don't like this song anymore. And I look at her sarcastically and I say, oh, really? You don't? I even don't like it anymore. It, it, she executes those songs. She, she exterminates them. And you see, we have a tendency too much about, too, too much to think about. Uh, we have a tendency to think too much about our weaknesses and little about the strengths we have. We have a tendency to look at all our missing, all that we are missing rather than looking at what we have. See, again, I'm going to talk to my, she's aware that I'm going to talk about her a little bit today, this morning. Now, it's not just women, but there are people that love shopping, all right? Uh, They they love shopping, and and sometimes when you can't get to the store, right, what what do you do? Nowadays, we have called, we have this thing called what? Amazon. Amazon, the internet, right? And if you really want that, you have to pay for the Prime membership, but now with COVID, it takes longer too, so... You, you, you pay for, for a fast shipping, right? And, and the thing is, you're, you're shopping and, and you order that thing, and then suddenly after you get an email notification in your email box, right, a mailbox saying your, your package and it has a number, usually that number you can track it with FedEx or UPS. Now I'm, I'm explaining for those who have, not, uh, or have no idea how, how it works online shopping. Uh, hopefully with my description, you can go ahead and try it later, right? Uh, the point is... After that, you get, you get a tracking number, right? And if you really want this thing to come in quickly, right, you go and, and, and it tells you this, this phrase. Usually it says, in transit. transit. <laughs> and you try to refresh it, right? <laughs> to, to see if it's in Mosinee, it's on its way. This phrase, in transit, probably many of us can relate to. You see... If you don't remember, or let me remind you, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he shed the blood for you and I. And if you've given your life to Jesus, your life is in transit. Why so? How so? Because when you give your life to Jesus, Jesus takes you for who you are, what you've done, what your past is like, forgives that, and takes you through a process of becoming someone who he has called you to be. You're in transit. But many times you look at life and you look at what you, where you are in your Christian life. And you see your weaknesses and you get discouraged because you want to be where God has called you. But you look at yourself and you realize, I'm not there yet. 
But I'm here to tell you that even though you and I may not be where God has called us to be, he, you are in transition and God will take you there because he who has started the good work in you will finish it. You see, you have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. He owns you, and even if you have not arrived to the place he has called you to be, you can still walk with your Savior. You can become and struggle at the same time. All you need to learn is that even though you and I may struggle in different areas, it does not negate the truth, and this is the truth. You can still become the person God wants you to be. You need to know that even though you have some weaknesses or weaknesses, God still wants to work in your life. You may have some deficiencies, but all those things will not slow God's plan for your life. And he will fulfill his purpose in your life. All you need to learn is to work out your weaknesses. Because you're becoming something in Jesus. Let's go to the passage. Now, Paul, right, is the writer of Corinth. He, has, he is the one that has planted the church in Corinth. And, and he spent quite some time in the church of Corinth. And, and he leaves. And now it's been around a, a year and a half now. And he gets word from the leaders that there is dispute. There is division trying to, to grow into this church. And some are saying... They're Apollo. Some are saying they're from this and that disciple. And Paul has to write one, two letters. And even some scholars say that he wrote four, which we don't have the other two. He was very invested in this church. And they were talking bad about him. They were discrediting him of being an apostle. They were accusing him for not being an apostle. They were saying that he was a false teacher and all these things. And you see that he gets the human side of him gets to him. And he starts to defend himself in the letter, 2 Corinthians. If you read the whole letter, he starts to defend himself. He starts to point out their weaknesses. He starts to point out all the things that they're doing bad and how God needs to be in their heart and all these other things. But when you get to chapter 12 of Corinthians, in chapter, uh, chapter 12, he changes the script. It's like he has to step back. He's no longer boasting about himself. You see, starting in chapter 11, he, he, he flips the script. Instead of defending himself and talking about what he has done, it's like Paul is saying, you know what? I am done going down this road. See, what's really impressing is not my strengths, but those things that... that God has done despite my weaknesses. If God is really going to get glory, I, I picture he, he's, he's thinking here, and if you will see a miracle take place, it will not be by me pointing out my strengths, but by pointing out those weaknesses that despite of those things and the lack thereof, God was still able to use me. And he goes on and he tells us in chapter 12, as we read it, as, we, as, I, as I read in the beginning of, of the sermon, chapter 12, and he picks up in verse 6, and he talks to us about a, a thorn in what? The flesh. 
Do you have a thorn in the flesh? See, scholars have debated about what, what this thorn is, and there have been numerous of conclusions, and uh, many have said that it was his eyesight. Uh, some of them have said it was a shame of his past because, you, as you may know it, he was a murderer. He used to kill Christians before he was converted. And so some of you may be thinking that maybe you have a thorn, but let me tell you that there is no excuse for you because if God can forgive a murderer, God can forgive you. He can forgive and his grace reaches all. So we don't have, we don't have a clear idea as to what Paul's thorn is. And, and the way I see it, is, 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 is God is being merciful to Paul as well as to us because had we known what this thorn was, there would be, there would be some of us saying, Paul, that's your thorn? Come on, Paul. And pride and superiority would start to hit our hearts. But there's the other group that if we had known, you would look at his thorn and you would say, Paul, that's your thorn? then God can't forgive me. Depression would start to hit. Inferiority would start to hit. And you would start to, start to think there's no hope. But let's not miss the point here because the point of him bringing uh, this thorn into the, into the narrative of his letter is not so we can be fixed on the thorn, but so we can learn the purpose of this thorn. For lack of a better term, as, we talk, as I talk about Paul's thorn in the re- remainder of this sermon, let's just call it weakness. And every one of us here in this room has a weakness. I know I do. We have weaknesses, some sort of gap, some fear, anxiety, struggle, deficiency that takes our brain And puts it on replay like a broken record. 80% of those times is negative. See, and something, and if if we allow this to happen, is something that our brain told us yesterday. And if we are not careful today on the Lord's day, we can walk out of here still rehearsing and playing that broken record of your weakness. You and I have a weakness. But God still wants to work and in, in your life and through your life. See, let me tell you that when it comes to this idea of weakness, the first step in working out our weakness is to stop denying your weakness. Let me say that again. The first step to, to working our weakness out is denying the fact that we not, uh, not acknowledging that we don't have a weakness. You see, oftentimes we come to church and we put this mask on. We put a big smile and we do church, but leave unchanged. And we get discouraged at times and we come to church and sometimes we stop coming to church because we have these weaknesses running around our brain. And I get it. No one likes to share their weakness. No one likes to become vulnerable. Because if you start to share, we become afraid 
because perhaps people are going to judge us. Perhaps it's not a safe place to come and, and share our weaknesses, or we may even get thrown out of church. And so all these thoughts are impregnated in our minds, and we decide to ignore it and keep living. Have you discovered this is your life? When I was, my first assignment as a pastor, I was associate pastor, Bible worker in Mountain View Conference, the state of West Virginia, and I was in the mountains, mountains, okay? Very rural, and I had the assignment of, you know, being associate pastor and giving Bible studies, and and that was my first time when I was exposed to speaking, public speaking. And every Sabbath, I was preaching. The pastor, was he had three churches, so I was preaching. And I remember the church was a, a church of five individuals. I would preach my heart out. And, and these lovely, godly individuals would, would always tell me, you know, thank you, pastor, for, for your sermon. We, you know, we're blessed. And, and then after, I transitioned to finish my school at Southern. And in Southern... You had this class that you and your friends would speak in front of each other, and the teacher was criticizing you, would critique you, and your friends would critique you. And so I came into this class confident, knowing, oh, you know, I've been preaching for a year and so forth, and, and I get up and I start to preach. And I preached for 30 minutes with them, and the time came for them to critique me. And when they started to expose my weaknesses, I was hurt. See, pride in me was hurt. I was feeling embarrassed because I had the more experience, and there were people there that did not have experience, but they had better gifts in speaking. You see, and this is true for all of us, if you're human. Once we expose our weaknesses, shame, embarrassment hits our lives. And listen to me. You will always be as sick as your secrets. God can't heal what we continue to hide. And the danger in this is that we continue to hide that which makes us shameful and we start to close up and we keep hiding it and we start to play this church. We start playing Christianity, but all the while we do not find encouragement and we ask ourselves why and, some, and we expect someone to encourage us that which we do not expose. You have to do something. And the first step is acknowledging that you and I have a weakness. We have a struggle. We have a thorn in the flesh. And the second thing is to get that person who you trust, a family member, a friend, a colleague, whatever the person may be, someone that you can willingly expose yourself and say, I need help. You must bring it to God. You must bring it to the light. You, you, you must showcase it to that person you trust because if you want God to work through your weaknesses, you will have to learn to become comfortable in your uncomfortability and realize although you have a weakness, he is not done working in you yet, but you have to expose it. And here is this person, Paul, who is like you and I. He has a weakness. And he's been trying to defend themselves, but now he says, you know what? I'm going to let them know that I too am a sinner. And I'm going to testify that 
God has been doing things despite of my weaknesses. And so I will not just do this for their church, but for those to come. And so the Bible tells us that he pleads how many times? Three times. God plead, Paul pleads with God in his weaknesses. And three times he asks God to take this weakness away. And there is something, let me ask you, is there something in your life that you are convinced that you know better than God? God, if you would just do that, then I would do this. God, if you give me that job, God, if, if you could just answer this, I would do more for you. I will give more for you. And the more we realize, at least myself, the more I ask God those things. If God, if you do this, I would do this. The more I realize that I want to be doing my will instead of God's will. Paul had to learn that it was not his will but what God had planned for his purpose. See, but the beautiful thing about this narrative here is that Paul's concern is being brought to the Lord. If you have a concern, but you see, he wasn't complaining. And many of us like to complain about a certain weakness. Allow me to remind you that if you have time to complain about it, you have time to pray about it. Some people don't want to resolve their weakness. Some want attention. But if you don't want attention and really want God to work in your life, if you're looking for something to turn your life around, I can give you the solution. Come to the one who loves you best. And he can take that weakness. And allow me to use my imagination here with this conversation that he's been having with God. The Bible tells us that three times God pleaded with, uh, Paul pleaded with God. And, and if it's worth repeating, it's worth praying for. And so he goes to God and he says, Lord, it's like he's saying to God, God, I need your help here. You see, what God has for us let me, let, me, let me say this. And so I have learned that while we pray about our weaknesses, unanswered prayers are not unmet needs. Let me say that again. I have learned that while you pray about your weaknesses, your struggles, unanswered prayers are not unmet needs. Three times Paul pleaded. He prayed and prayed and he prayed you see, what God has for us may not be what we are asking for. And the way he resolves our weaknesses is not how we laid it out for him to do. And so let me bring this point around as, as an illustration here as how maybe the conversation was going. So Paul pleases with God three times and Paul tells him. And, and it's like God saying, Paul, I hear you. What you're, what, what, what's going on? And I'm going to meet your need by not answering your prayer the way you want it. And Paul comes around the second time, the third time, and says, but, but God, you don't understand. I've been planting churches. I've been baptizing individuals. I'm growing your kingdom and these people out here. But if you could take this thorn away from me, I can be more effective. And God comes around to Paul again and says, Paul, I hear you. 
but I'm going to answer your prayer by not answering your request the way you have laid it out for me. I'm going to answer your prayer depending and going and meeting your need. And so, you see, many of you maybe are aware that I attended school at Puerto Rico for part of my undergrad, but what I have not told you is that there was this girl at the time who had caught my eye in Puerto Rico. And, of course, I was young. And, you know, I'm thinking the first girl that, you know, it's in front of me, that's the girl I'm going to pray and I'm going to marry her. And I'm praying. And I'm like, Lord, please give me this woman. And, of course, it didn't turn out. But then I moved to College Dell, Tennessee, and, and, and I'm getting rejected left and right. I mean, I'm discouraged thinking I should be a eunuch or something, you know. However, one day I'm leading Vespers in our home, and there comes this beautiful girl with nice long black hair, wearing glasses, a jean jacket, a black dress. I think that's what it was. I find out her name is Jasmine Flores. And I knew then what the will of God was for my life. But, but no, for real. Anybody thankful that God still met your need despite not answering your request in the way you wanted it? Some of you have been praying for a breakthrough since last year. Some of you have been searching, struggling, feeling like there is no hope. But let me tell you that God always answers your request, my request, based on what you and I need. And what you need, he will provide. But you need to let him work in you. You need to stop living a life of a broken record that only is fixed. Sorry, give me a second. You need to stop living a life of a broken record that's only thinking about those negative things in your life. You need to start living by faith and allow God to work in his timing. And the time to start letting God work in you is now. God meets those needs. But you and I would only get to this place when you start to expose yourself to God and bring him your weaknesses. Because when God sees you, he does not see you for who you are at the moment as a sinner. But he sees you not based on your performances or your past or your strength. He sees you for his beloved child who he he loves with an everlasting love. He sees you. And he sees that child that he died for on the cross. And he sees you with unconditional love. Despite your weaknesses, he still wants to work in your life and in my life. And so God does respond to Paul. But not the way Paul wanted. If you have those type of Bibles that kind of give you a red letter when God speaks, you'll see that in verse 8, Sorry, verse 9. God answers his plea that he's been pleading for three times. He says, but he said to me, what? My what? Grace is sufficient. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And I come to you today telling you that that space in your life, that space that you see that 
from where God is and you may be in your life. That space is, is the space that God fills, his grace fills and says, do not worry where you are at this moment. No matter what you have done in the past, where you are now and where you're heading, my grace is sufficient. My grace is able to fill that space. And I come to you today asking you, that when your broken record starts playing again, those things that you know you lack, when you know that you are deficient, when depression hits, when anxiety hits, when something comes your way and turns your life upside down, you don't ignore it, you don't hide it, you, you go to God and take it to Him. Expose yourself, expose that weakness, work that weakness, and allow God to take, into this, take you through this maybe painful process. And as you go through this process, you can claim like Paul claimed, for when I am weak, he is strong. Start your walk with him today. Experience the grace he has for you. Experience all he has for you. Work your weakness. And so I ask, is anyone here this morning who has a weakness and has allowed this weakness to bombard their mind and has played it over and over and over again? If you've, if you've been this person, do you want to give it to Jesus? As anyone who wants to start learning how to expose yourself to God today, is anyone here who wants to learn to expose themselves to God and start heal, the healing process? Is someone here who has learned to work their weaknesses and expose themselves to God and says, Lord, I'm learning that and I'm going through the process, but I want to help others. Or is there anyone here today like that? So if you want to learn your weaknesses, if you want to learn how to expose yourself, if you want to learn how to help others who are going through this because you have been walking with God and have been learning the process of working your weakness, if you are here and you're among one of those groups, please stand and say, Lord, I don't know how to work my weakness but I want you to teach me how to work my weakness. I know it's going to put me in an uncomfortable position. I know it's going to make me uncomfortable. But Lord, you have promised me that your grace is sufficient for my life. Then maybe you're afraid of exposing yourself because you're afraid of being vulnerable. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ did not see and does not give you the shame, the guilt. And if maybe you have been learning how to expose yourself in that weakness, if you've learned how to walk with God in that process, and you want to help others, God is here to tell you that His grace is still sufficient for your life. And so as we pray, I'm going to invite the young people to get ready to sing our last song, Still. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing this song called Still. And just point, and just, just hear, this, hear us play. And if you know the song, sing along. But, but look, look at the lyrics and just meditate on those lyrics. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you are willing to work our weakness out. Father, we come before you with weaknesses, trials, problems, all of those things that come with the baggage of sin. And Father, you have told us to come before you, bringing 
to you our weaknesses because you want to turn those weaknesses into our blessings. You want to fill that space that we may feel that it's empty with your grace, with your love. And so, Father, if there is anyone here who has been struggling with weaknesses, I pray that your, your grace may be sufficient for their trial, their weaknesses. I pray that if those that are here are, have been exposing themselves to you and to loved ones, I pray that your grace may be sufficient. And I pray, Lord, for those that have started the process of allowing you to work their weaknesses, I pray that your grace may be sufficient. Lord, that that way one day as we walk with you, become like you, we can exclaim with no, with no doubt like Paul and say, for when I am weak, he is strong. So be with us, help us, and guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As you remain standing, we're going to we're going to play Still. How many of you know the song? I hope many of you know the song. If you don't, follow along. We're going to try to teach it to you all. And this very... So the song goes, Hide me now Under your wings Cover me Within your mighty hand. Melody goes something like that, so.
pray. Father in heaven, many things come our way in our life, but Lord, we pray that when those things come roaring in our life, when, when trial and tribulation hits home, we pray that we, as the song said, we may be still and recognize that you are God. Recognize that you have the solution, that you have the power to change us in and through us so that way we can experience your grace. We can be delivered from our weaknesses. And also, through all of that, be conquerors and help others in their walk as well. We want to be a family that loves one another that loves you, that loves people, that loves this community. And so help us be still and recognize that you are God, working our weaknesses every single day. And when that broken record comes in our mind, let's, we pray, Lord, that through faith, we can remember that your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you for hearing us and being with us. And in advance, we pray for the fellowship that we're going to have this Sabbath for the potluck. And we thank you for those who brought. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. May you all have a blessed